Welcome back to Everyday Man of God Ministries. It is wonderful to have you here once again. If you tuned in on Thursday's podcast, I hope you enjoyed it and found it helpful. Um, to those who did not hear it, um, it was a pretty decent one. We talked about uh, how you should not test God and not to uh, tempt God. We talked about a lot about temptation. So, with that being said, tonight I was trying to figure out what I was going to do tonight for a podcast. A lot of things in my head, a lot of different directions I could go, the changing of scriptures of many different verses. We could have done that. We could have done a lot of different things. But I had a conversation this week with a family member. And I love this family member very much. Very dearly do I love this person. I'm not going to tell you who it is. No, it was not my wife. Um, I love her too, also very dearly, but uh, no, it was not her. Her and I are on the same page. And we're talking about the Bible and the differences and so forth. So, and as if you tune into this video and you've seen my Rumble videos and you know anything about me, you know that I am King James. I, I guess I am, yes, a King James onlyist. That, I don't get too much involved in that kind of nonsense, the whole fighting back and forth. Um, to me, I don't know what the debate is. It seems pretty obvious. Oh, who are you to say it's obvious? You're just some simple guy. Well, the Bible is much more simple than you think it is. Much more simple. See, I even spoke that sentence in a very simplest way possible. And again, that sentence was simplistic itself. And I promised people you would find no high lofty minded. I'm not going to give you the origins of all Latin words and then have that argument and who was more important, Plato, Socrates. Well, I was watching, uh, listening to Cicero and let's talk about um, Josephus and let's talk about Thomas Aquinas. Yes, I know all of these names. I know all of that stuff. And I'm not saying that to be precocious. I'm just saying that See, that was a high-minded, uh, high lofty word right there, precocious, huh? Um, enough of that nonsense. I mean, we have that, we've, or I said we've had that too often as we've gone to church buildings and we've had to ask the priest, the pastor, the rabbi, the reverend, the preacher, whatever name they want to go by. And by the way, no man should call him these things, himself these things. But they make it so you have to ask questions. Well, then you don't need them anymore. Well, they feel that way. And that's another story, another time. We'll get into that. But we're talking about the King James versus the New King James. And this family member, I, was, I, I had made a comment about another person I knew was a King James person and uh, didn't realize they were that into the King James. And they were all for the King James and said, that's the best Bible. And then this person then said, no, it's not. I said, okay, well, which which is it then? Which Bible is the best? And he said, well, the King James is full of errors. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Um, all right. And I respect this person very much. I, I really do. But um, I'm going to have to strongly disagree. So I asked him, why is it better? Because instead of just arguing with this person and just proving my point and just you know, whipping out scriptures and going in that direction and having an argument, I asked them, well, back up your claim, why is it better? 
Well, because it is. It's simpler. Because it is, because it's simpler, really not an argument. Um, you hear that a lot. Well, it's more modern. Okay, says who? It's easy to understand. Okay, says who? Have you, have you, have you read it? Now, this person has two Bibles in their collection. And there's nothing wrong with having just two Bibles. Although the odd thing is they're two opposite Bibles, believe it or not. King James and the New International Version. Okay, you have these two Bibles. But you just told me the New King James is far superior, or from what I'm understanding in this person's language, it's far superior to the King James. Well, then my next question is, how come you don't have the New King James in your Bible collection or, or read from that one only? Or have that only on your shelf? And then we dig into the discussion, and I have this with many people. All Bibles are the same. No, they're not. No, they're not. If you're a King James person, you know they're not the same. And you get the Catholic people and say, no, they're not the same. All the Protestant Bibles are wrong. Which is kind of funny, uh, because you'll find that most of the Protestant Bibles, the modern versions, are basically the Catholic Bible. We, you know, we have two trees, the, uh, um, the, or two lineages. You have the Antioch and the uh, Alexandrian, two different sides. And you'll see that all the modern perversions come from the, that side, the Sinaiticus, the Vaticanus, the, uh, the NAB, NASB, uh, the, even the New World. Uh, I'm trying to go through all of them in my head, but you know them all. And then the other side is the Antioch, which is the Tyndale, the Matthew, the Geneva, the Bishop, the King James. So, they didn't know. So I asked them, did you know that Christ was eliminated? Like I, and, and I, I was uh, get, uh, coming up with a random number because I couldn't remember. It was, I said like 60, but I think it's like 50. I still didn't look it up, and I apologize for that. But I know it was missing multiple times. So, for that reason, I decided this evening, I'm going to take, find a few of the scriptures that I know of, and I'm going to compare them to the other Bibles. To explain the fact that New King James is not better than the King James. And what, what I found, or what or some I already knew, but what I did find threw me by surprise. Because I knew they were different, I just thought they were coming out of the NIV or the Catholic Bible. But, you never would believe it. But some of it's almost copied, almost copied, word for word to the New World Translation, which is the Jehovah Witness Bible. Well, that is quite odd. Very strange, isn't it? I thought it was very odd. So we're going to go over three, four, and I feel like I'm doing a count, uh, four scriptures in the New King and the King James. But there's going to be a surprise. I'm going to throw a couple other Bibles in there just for fun. All right, so let us start. And again, the King James. Now, you, if you have the other Bibles, please, you know, read from them. Um, follow along so you can see what, what I'm talking about. So first we're going to do Acts 3. That's chapter 3, verse 13. Now, I'm not breaking down these verses to study them or explain them or dive deeper into each scripture. There's a reason why I'm going in there, and it's only for the change. I want to show the change. 
All right, so Acts chapter 3, verse 13. We're going to start in the King James Bible. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his Son, Jesus, whom ye delivered up, and denied him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. That's the King James. Let's go to the New King James now. The God of, actually, instead, I have it written down, but instead I'm actually going to go ahead and I'm going to read it straight from, uh, this is the Nelson, and this was in 19, I think this is an 84 and 85 one. Let me just look at the copyright date on here. Oh, I'm sorry, it's 1982. All right, so this is 1982. This is a New King James Version, you know, with that nice little uh, 666 on the cover. You know, that little Trinity 6, okay, well, another story. All right, chapter 3, and this is Acts, verse 26. I'm sorry, 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant, Jesus. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We'll finish this off. Servant Jesus, whom ye, I'm sorry, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Well, that is almost word for word. I mean, they didn't change much there. You know, nothing major there. I didn't catch it. Did you catch it? Oh, there was that one spot. Servant. I'm sorry. Servant. Now, this is a new King James. Servant. Not son. So Jesus is no longer a son of the Holy Father. He is not God's son anymore. He's God's servant. Well, I guess if I'm growing up, at a certain point in time, I'm a servant to my dad. I have to do what I'm told, and I have to do that. But as you're an adult, you're no longer a servant, but you're still a son. Even though Jesus still had to fulfill, because he is God. Manifest in the flesh. Not was, is. All right. Now, just for fun, let me walk away from the microphone for a little bit. Let's pull out good old John Hagee. Ah, oh, the end times guy. Ah, he loves trying to figure out when it's all going to happen, when the end is going to be here, even though no one's supposed to know. But John Hagee can know. So, chapter 3, verse 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers. Now, obviously, you know, John Hagee here has to be different. He's a very godly man. He knows. He knows. I mean, if he knows when the uh, end times is coming and the Antichrist, the exact day almost, we're almost close to the year. So he obviously knows he's the son, clearly. So let's read this through. Uh, glorified his servant, Jesus. Oh, no, he did it too. His servant, Jesus. I'm not going to read the rest of the verse because you already know what the rest of the verse says, almost word for word. But what did they change? Servant. All right, well, that's two King James's right there. The John Hagee one. What is this Bible here? The Legacy Partner. The Life Plan Study Bible. God's Keys to Personal Success. And I'm going to make a video because i got to show you this thing. The the I, I think it's just, I, I don't even have words. You put your family pictures in the Bible. Not a family picture to remind yourself of your mother or father, like a photograph you slide as a bookmark. No, no. You made yourself part of the Bible. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. All right, so that's a John Hagee Bible on that one. Hopefully this podcast doesn't go along and I expect it to. All right, so now let's go over to the 
New World Translation. This is 1984 one. Uh, this is the Jehovah Witness Bible. Chapter 3 in Acts, verse 26. Again, I apologize. We're going to do that in verse, though. Uh, verse 13. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our forefathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you, for your part, delivered up for your part, and disowned before Pilate's face when he had decided to release him. Well, I guess I'm glad it's to his face and not to his back, so that's kind of good, huh? So, servant. Huh. Servant. So that is exactly pretty much the same, isn't it? Huh. Well, what do we do with this now? You have you have the uh, two King James Bibles I read from. You have the Jehovah Witness there Bible. Well, I'm a little confused. I, I'm a little lost because it doesn't say son. I guess that's not important. All right, let's look at the NIV. I know some of you listening going, okay, Stephen, we know where you're going with this. Hey, you're going to say the same thing about Acts. I don't know. Well, let's keep this as a little bit of a, what do they call those TV shows there? Like a cliffhanger? Uh, let's go to chapter 3. I did not have this ready to go. Not in the NIV. I don't know why I was in Jeremiah on this for some reason. All right, 3. Not that there's anything wrong with being in Jeremiah, obviously. There we go, 3, verse 13. Let's read it. Do, do, do. Where, where am I? Where am I? There we go. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. Huh. That's, and this one is the, you know what? I don't, I, 2002. This is the uh, 2002 NIV. So, servant. Well, well, these are Protestant Bibles. What's going on? I'm a little confused. Why would you change it? Servant, this is not a thee. This is not a thou. Let's see if we go to the Catholic Bible. That has to be completely different. It, either, it has to be, well, it could be, should it say servant? Should it say son? Should it even have the verse at all? Who knows? Okay, I do know. All right, that was a spoiler. Acts chapter 3, verse 13. I am on the wrong page. Hold on a second. I guess I'm really excited to get the verse 26, apparently. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his Jesus. Oh, wait, I skipped the word. Servant Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him. Okay, so here we go. The New King James follows the Jehovah Witness Bible, or maybe the Jehovah Witness follows the King James, you know, uh, uh, the New King James. And let's see, the other uh, NKJ follows that, uh, the NIV, and the Catholic Bible all say servant. Well, that's interesting. Because that, because the New King James Version was never, ever supposed to replace the King James Version. Not in God's eyes. It was to get you away from. Now, I remember reading the back of a cover when they did the, uh, I, I believe it was the uh, Parallel Bible. And they said it was to be able to bridge the gap to more modern Bibles. That is what the NKJ is for. The New King James Version. The New King James. The New 
Satan Bible. I know, I'm going to offend a lot of people out there, but the truth is the truth. You change the words that meant something. You changed the whole content. You changed the view. You didn't change a comma or a period, a run-on sentence or anything like that. No, no, he did not do that. There's an I in Jesus instead of, you know, J. No, you didn't do that. You changed it. Now, here's where it's going to be very interesting to you. Now, those of you who know, I have talked about when I felt that this changed in 1965, because it says on, I think, page 112, and I don't have it with me. Boy, uh, you don't hear me because I'm walking away from the mic here, and I don't find the book I'm looking for. That was professional. I left it upstairs. I do this a lot. Um, it was the Second Vatican Council. And I believe it's on page 112. It mentions that the whole point was to come together with the evangelicals and all the Protestants um, to create more understandable modern Bibles. Because the Catholic Bible changes after 59, 60, 61. Still trying to pinpoint it. Because I have a 55 and a 59 that remain the same. Um, let's go to Dewey Reams. The Dewey Reams? Why am I going to Dewey Reams? Well, that is an odd thing to do, is it? I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Here, I'm changing my glasses because I'm blind as it can be. All right. So, let's go to Dewey Reams. The God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son, Jesus whom you indeed delivered up and denied before the face of Pilate when he judged he should be released. Huh. So, the Dewey Reigns says son. So that means the Catholics have to be right. Well, see, the Dewey Reigns is back in 1610, 1611, whatever, 1609. Around, you know, King James time. So how come all the Catholic Bibles change? Huh? How come all the Catholic Bibles change after that? I think it's a very interesting thing. So I have this other Bible. It is, and I have terrible pronunciation, the, con I'm sorry, the Confraternity and Dewey text. Now this is, bear with me, I'm trying to find the copyright page, I think it was like 54, 55, something like that. It's in the 50s. Pretty sure it's in the 50s. And I'm trying to find the date here. Boy, I've got a lot of pages, a lot of fancy pages I've got to turn through. 1959. From the, uh, uh, it was approved by the Francis Cardinal Spellman of New York. So let's turn to Acts chapter 3 in this particular one. I didn't plan on doing this, and that's why I'm turning the pages. The God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son, Jesus. See what happens here? When did the perversion start? Well, obviously it started in the beginning, of, way back, the Catholics with the doctrine. But then they had to put it in English, because... because it was transferred from Latin to English, even though Latin is from the Greek, and then, okay, we get into a whole field of problems here. Then they were forced to go, oh, man, what do we do? Um, we didn't see this coming. 
Of course you didn't, because uh, God's got your number. So they had to figure out how to stay as close as they could and still twist it a little. And twist it a little more. And I believe by 65 they decided, okay, we're all in. We need to twist them all. Because that Dewey that I just read from is said to be the precursor to the NASB, the NAB, all those came from that, even though that says son. In the Catholic Bible I just read you from earlier, the NRSV, the Catholic edition, from what I understand, Catholics love, love this one, and I suppose they love all of them, except for the King James. That's actually in the Catholic Encyclopedia from them. It says, you know, that, that is listed as the number one dangerous book to read the King James Version. Crazy. So it says son, but in 65 it changes. Isn't that interesting how that works out? So apparently he's a servant. Okay, Stephen, you made your point with this Acts chapter 3, verse 13. We get it. So they made a mistake. Servant, not son. Did they make it only in that one? Okay. I like how I'm trying to say this like you don't see more coming from this. And we're going to go to Acts chapter 3, verse 26. King James first. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son, Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Now the new King James. To you first, God, having raised up his servant, Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. There it is again. Servant. Boy, they just demoted Jesus, didn't they? He's just, just some dude. Well, I guess that would go along with the, what the Muslims believe also. That he's just some guy. Good guy. Did some good stuff. And, you know, he's, he's alright. I mean, we have a whole chapter dedicated to Mary. But, you know, Jesus, he's one of the dudes. He's one of those guys. You have, remember, a lot of the New Age people, uh, different religions, they have the same thing. They have that one guy, you know. Then you got the pagans with the Mithra, that one guy, you know. Uh, with the Mithraites, a Roman guy there. But, uh, again, that's another story, another uh, podcast down the road. All right, Stephen, does that change anywhere else? Well, let's go to the uh, Jehovah Witness Bible, chapter 3, verse 26. To you first, God, after raising up his servant. He doesn't even say Jesus in this one. Doesn't even say, they don't even say Jesus. His servant sent him forth to bless you by turning each one away from your wicked deeds. Doesn't even say it. Now let's go to New King James and uh, read it from the actual, because I wrote it down in the separate piece of paper. But let's look at the 82, which I think the... I had the one I have written down, I think, is taken from that, by the way. Uh, 26 To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus. I'm going to finish the rest of that. Now we're going to go to NIV 326. In the essence of time, because I want to make this a quick podcast tonight. 326. Do, do, do. There we go. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first. Oh, doesn't even say who the servant is in the NIV. Doesn't even get, they don't even tell you it's Jesus. How about that? They leave that part completely out. And you know what's going to happen with the Ken Hagee book. I'm not, this is the last time I'm going to read from the Ken Hagee because it's the same. We get our point. To you first, God, having raised up his servant, Jesus. All right, we're going to shut the Ken, uh, Ken Hagee. I was thinking of uh, Kenneth Copeland. Ha! Huh. Funny how I got those two in the same sentence. So we'll put that one over there. Now let's go to the Dewey Reams. To you first, God, raising up his son. Doesn't say Jesus, 
But at least they say son in the original Dewey Reams. You won't get that in the rest of them. And I shut the Bible, the NRSV. Now we can go into other ones too. We, this is the 2008, by the way, NRSV. We go to the 59, we can go to the 55 Catholic Bible over there. I got. Wait a minute. Where did I put it? Well, that's interesting. Where did that go? Oh, there it is, right around the corner. All right. So we're going to go to Acts in this Catholic Bible. I'm sure you probably don't have one. I hope not, unless you do research, and that's fine. Chapter 3, 26. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you. Again, servant, not Jesus. Do you get the point here? Every one of these? I'm not going to go to the NRSV again because I made my point. So we're going to go to another scripture. Acts 4, 27. For truly... I'm sorry, we'll read from the King James first. For of a truth against the holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. All right, let's go to that 82 uh, New King James. Uh, New King James? <laughs> New King James Version. For truly against your holy servant, Jesus... Again, I'm not going to go through the rest. Let me take a sip of my water. Mm. I'm an amateur, my friends. And I'll stay that way. I don't ever want to do much editing and leaving things out. God didn't edit. So who am I to edit during reading his words? Let's go to the Jehovah Bible, Jehovah Witness. Uh, let's see the beautiful watchtower people. To you first God, after raising up his servant, sent him forth to bless you by turning each one away from your wicked deeds. NIV, let's go, let's go, let's do it. NIV chapter 3 verse 26, when God raised up his servant. Huh. Again. Servant. The New King James says servant. All right, where were we now? We're going to go to, uh, I, to I think, 427, right? Oh, I did not read 427 properly in the other ones, and I apologize. Let me, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, chapter 4, verse 27. So if you're listening, I deeply apologize. I think I was looking at the time and more concerned about getting this done quick enough so you don't have to waste your whole Saturday night. I want you to get to sleep early here. Even so, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with men of nations and with peoples of Israel, were in actuality... Wait a minute, what am I reading? Sorry, wrong one. The kings of the earth. Oh, here we go. City against your holy servant, Jesus. Let's go to Acts chapter... Oh, I'm sorry. It's still in chapter 4, verse 30. At the end of that verse, it says, of your holy servant Jesus. Your holy servant Jesus. But in the King James, it says, holy child Jesus. NIV says the exact same thing. Well, what about that Dewey Reigns we talked about earlier? You won't see me uh, bringing this in very often. Ah, uh, 30, do, 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 do. By stretching for the Lord Jesus Christ, as I'm talking to myself. Okay. For 
For a truth they are assembled together in the city against the holy child Jesus. See, they got the holy child Jesus. How about that? Because there was a switch after that. I know people are saying, well, you're actually giving a good point for the Dewey Reams. Well, don't get twisted because if you, if you look at every one of these Bibles from the Geneva line, the King James, the Tyndale, they all stay consistent all the way up to today's King James Bible. They did not stray. That is the difference between that whole Satanistic Catholic, the Roman Catholic side of things. Roman emperors doing their thing over there. The Bibles keep changing all the way down. So I'm not going to read anymore now. I'm going to shut this 1984 New World Translation from the Jehovah Witnesses. We're going to put that right there. We're going to shut this 1982 uh, King, New King James Version. And we're going to shut this 2002 uh, NIV from, the, from Satan. That's a King James Version. And the NRSB is already shut. So when someone tells you, that the New King James is superior because it made things easier to understand or modernize them. Ask them if they left anything out. Ask them if they demoted Jesus from the Son of God to just a servant. Seems to me like that'd be an important question to ask. I don't know how many more videos I'll make of just that alone, the comparison of uh, King James, the new King James. Maybe more because people are buying into this theory that somehow the new King James is better than the King James and it fixed all the problems. And I ask people, what did they fix? You know, the, 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 the philosophers, the, the uh, theologians, the... Uh, oh, what's that guy? Um... Thinks he's as smart as all heck. Oh, James White. I couldn't think of the guy's name. I've watched him, and you think I know I've watched him a few times. He's one of those guys. He's one of those guys who, like, excuse me, I'm James White. I know more than you could ever possibly understand. But yeah, he doesn't seem to have conviction. He has no conviction in the Bible. I don't think he has a conviction in any particular Bible because he seems to just try to find errors, mostly in the King James, but you go, oh, I've also said there's errors over here. So to bail out your thought process of being anti-King James, you, you found yourself uh, saying things that make you look like you're anti-other ones too. So is he born again? Is he saved? I don't think so. Not from what I've seen. But, in all fairness to James White, he's not the only one who is a fraud. Um, it's funny, I didn't want to get too much into James White, but uh, watch an old video of him. Had to be the early 80s. I don't even know. It's Walter Martin, I think his name was in it. It was some sort of panel of uh, people talking. And, I don't know, it was on some Ankler show or Ankleburger or something. I, I can't remember. Those of you listening might know, I'm not sure. But anyways, different looking guys. A nerdy looking dude. I'm not, I'm not knocking nerdy looking dudes. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Everybody can, it looks differently. It's not what the outward appearance that matters. It's the inward. But now, you know, he's got the goatee going, shaved head. Got himself a tattoo and stuff like that. 
The only reason I know that because it came into my feed. I was watching. It's amazing how if you watch one video from something and then suddenly all these other videos pop up. I'm like, yikes, I don't need to see all these other videos. And one of the titles uh, captured my attention. Did James White just get a tattoo as a born-again Christian? I'm like, yikes, I hope not because that doesn't seem biblical at all, does it? If you have them already, that's one thing. But moving on from James White, but he was just an example uh, of all of these folks out there. There's many of them. They they speak. I like the phone company of the 80s. They just talk around you. They just talk in this huge circle, hoping that they'll throw you off the track, and hopefully you'll stop asking questions, or or you'll just go away, and just, or you just say, okay, thank you, and walk away, not really having an answer. And I know, because I grew up in the churches in the 80s, and it wasn't an answer. I mean, they really like that uh, uh, the new CCM music, you know, the Petras, the Michael W. Smiths, the Amy Grants, the, um, I don't think of all, Striper, uh, Kansas, briefly. Um, oh, I can't think of all the names now. But anyways, that was an interesting time to, to, to grow up as a teenager when that type of music was hitting the market and really mainstreaming the churches. I like when they say mainstream Protestants or mainline or whatever. I think all, all I can think of myself is, yeah, you mean when uh, all the Protestant churches just totally turned to Satan? Yeah, I remember. I was there. <laughs> but don't let them talk around you. Don't let these people make you feel stupid by opening up to King James. It was actually the only Bible I was never encouraged to read. Which is interesting. Because they're all the same. Baloney they are. So, I'm going to get back to my original point. Because I'm, now I'm going over the time I wanted to on this podcast. But, is the New King James Version more modern? Yes, actually it is. Because modern perversions are against Jesus and God. They have demoted Jesus. So, yes, the New King James is more modern. Absolutely 100%. But not for the good. Think about that. Just those scriptures I read. They demoted Jesus from being a son to a servant. Huge difference. So if you're reading the New King James and you're okay, if you're okay with Jesus only being a servant and not the Son of God? Then good luck to you on that day when it comes. I hope you realize that that modern change was a New Age modern change. Just like when the end, uh, in the NIV when they talk about uh, the, uh, the Mount of Olives, when they talk about the fact that um, you know, tell us when when the end of the uh, end of times, the end of the world comes. Except all the modern ones say end of age. Well, that's a new age philosophy. Now think about this: the servant and son. I was just, I just, it just struck me now. I think it's Matthew. Oh, I wish I had it in front of me. Matthew chapter. Hmm. It was verse 13, 17. I forget what chapter it was in. Matthew 3? I think it's Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. I think it's the last ones, the last four verses. 
I'm paraphrasing, but when they when he came, when Jesus came and got baptized, and John the Baptist obviously didn't want to do it because he said, "Who am I, basically, to baptize you?" But it must be done because this is the way it should be done. We have to fulfill everything. And as a dove was descending from above, and, and, and by the way, everybody, I, I am paraphrasing. This is not word for word. In fact, you know what? To avoid ever being accused of not reading it word for word, I am going to open it up to Matthew. So let's go to Matthew. Now I'm make, definitely making this video a little bit longer than I, than I was planning. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 and 17, I said. To do chapter 3, 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, not a dove, like a dove, and light, 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 sorry, lighted, lightning upon him, lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved servant, I'm just kidding, it says, Beloved Son and whom I am well pleased. Show sure. seems to me God says son, not servant. So you can throw the New King James into the trash, unless you look using it as a reference guide to prove scriptures and errors of scriptures and how they differ and how they're not the same. Throw in the throw in the trash. I appreciate you tuning in tonight. Thank you as always. God bless. I love you. And don't let this world turn you from where you're supposed to be. Because so many will. Just open up the King James, cover to cover. The truth is there. Good night.